welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashgro, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. Michael Abdelmessa. He is a new physician specializing in pediatrics practice at MedSouth in Dyersburg. Dr. Michael, can I call you Dr. Michael? Yes, that's awesome. Uh, how are you today? Good, good. How are good. you? Good. I'm great. Thanks for coming in today. So, Dr. Michael, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, where are you living? Work practicing in Dyersburg? We know that. Yes, sir. So, I'm originally from uh, Egypt. Oh, wow. Cairo, Egypt, yes. That's amazing. Yeah. I've uh, always wanted to go there. <laughs> it's a beautiful country, definitely with all the history of the pharaohs and the pyramids. Right. But yeah, we moved to, uh, initially moved to Kuwait. Uh, my dad works as, an enge- worked as an engineer with the U.S. Army. Okay. So we moved to Kuwait for a while, for three years, and then moved to the uh, United States in 2004. Okay, so you've been here for a little while then. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We moved straight to California, uh, okay. to a small town called Fresno, Central California, Central Valley. Uh, and then did my undergrad there, went to med school uh, in the Caribbean, and then did residency back in California mm-hmm. at Children's Hospital, Valley Children's Hospital. And then we, uh, and then I met my fiance, who I, she's from Tennessee, and that's where I got my Tennessee ties. And... Um, She's from Smyrna, but she goes to Jackson. Yeah, okay. So she goes to Union. And then, uh, so I was looking for a job near there, and uh, they found me in Dyersburg. So, there you go. Uh, I moved to Dyersburg uh, two months ago. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure doing medical school in the Caribbean was the worst, I'm sure. It was not. <laughs> yes, man. Uh, all those beaches. <laughs> yeah. How could you have a good time doing that? I know, so. right? <laughs> well, that's, a, that's awesome. We're glad to have you in this area and connected to West Tennessee Healthcare. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm looking forward to work in, and live in Dyersburg. Uh, I like the small community feel. I like how everyone is close with each, mm-hmm. each one. Uh, and that was kind of my target as uh, growing up is become like the local physician or the local pediatrician in the yeah. area. So I, I'm, I'm actually enjoying my time. That's great. So today we're going to be talking about pediatric vaccinations. Now, we're not necessarily talking about the big buzzword right now is vaccinations for COVID. But we're going to be talking about the other required vaccinations for going to school as children get older. Is that correct? That's right. That's Perfect. Right. So what do parents do uh, if their children are behind on their immunization schedules? Yes. So uh, we get that a lot um, from parents asking us if, uh, hey, you know, my child got behind on his immunizations or, for example, foster parents or uh, children who, were adopted from outside who mm-hmm. parents don't know their immunizations so they come you know i always tell them you need to sit down with the pediatrician to discuss you know how old is the pay how old is the child if there's any previous records to view so you need to sit down with the pediatrician and go through the options okay uh, the cdc and the american academy of pediatrics has an excellent both have excellent sources for parents that talk about vaccinations and at what ages and what to do if they're behind. So uh, I advise everyone, uh, all the parents who have these kind of questions, uh, to always go visit these 
website. The American Academy of Pediatrics has a website called healthychildren.org. It's an excellent source for parents. The CDC is always uh, also a good source. Yeah. The main point is that they need to sit down with the pediatrician and ask and see if there's any previous vaccination records or anything like that. What are the required vaccinations for children to have? So they're about, about to begin school. Obviously, they have to have some sort of vaccinations. What are those required vaccinations? So the for the most part, the required vaccinations are your uh, tetanus, uh, pertussis, uh, diphtheria, we call that DTAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the MMR, the measles, mumps, rubella. Okay. And then there's the uh, varicella, which is the chicken pox. And then obviously, uh, those are the uh, main big ones. And there's like the pneumococcal one, which is the causes the pneumonia and causes mm-hmm. can cause serious brain infections. Uh, but uh, it's it's mostly those are the ones that detab the MMR, the varicella, and the pneumococcal and the hemophilus influenza. Okay, which are the biggest and hepatitis B. Gotcha. So I'm not a father, so I've I've not experienced taking my children to get immunizations. Yeah. Do these shots all happen on the same day, or are they kind of spread out over a, a year or two? Yes. So immunizations happen throughout. Mostly from birth to like 18 years old. Okay. Uh, but basically, the biggest uh, groupings of vaccinations happen at two month uh, visit, four month, six month. Okay. And then you have the one year to the 15 month, like 12 to 15 month visit. Mm-hmm. And then depending on, because sometimes it depends on the insurance, it depends on the, ah, I see. the type of vaccine it is, because there's combo vaccinations. Uh, so you can be at the 15 month, the 12 month, it, it just depends. And then after that, basically, so babyhood, kind of toddlerhood. Mm-hmm. And then you have the four to six, which is the preschooler age and like starting uh, kindergarten. Okay. Um, so the four to six, uh, four to six years old. And then after the four to six years old, uh, you have um, basically you can start the nine, nine to nine age uh, group which is going to be like your uh, hpv vaccine okay uh, and then which and then the meningitis vaccine gotcha and then uh, obviously every year um, you get the flu vaccine gotcha okay so should parents delay vaccinations if their child is ill we get we do get uh, that question is very commonly as you know children get sick all the time sure. whether they get daycare or at school so uh, we usually tell uh, parents you know uh, mild illnesses such as like cough, runny nose, di- simple diarrhea, um, ear infection. Mm-hmm. We should n- we should not delay vaccinations just because they have that kind of infection. Okay. Uh, there are some serious infections uh, that can delay uh, vaccinations, and which wise, uh, but mostly they're so serious that the child is already in the hospital, so we we push everything behind a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, but also conditions that, uh, such as lymphoma, leukemias. Uh, the children have their own um, special ca- calendar for uh, to catch up vaccinations. But for the most part, simple infections, ear infections, cough and cold kind of stuff, uh, we don't uh, like to delay vaccinations. Okay, that's good to know. So which vaccines are not taken uh, in case of an egg allergy? Yeah, so egg allergy is very commonly associated with the uh, flu vaccine. Mm-hmm. There has been multiple reports, and the reason why is because the uh, flu vaccine is like grown using some egg proteins. But um, there's many multiple research out there uh, conducted that showed really that if you just have a simple uh, egg allergy, which means like you get maybe hives, your body is itching, 
that you're safe to take any type of flu vaccine. Uh, okay. It becomes kind of um, it becomes where important is that if you, and that's again the reason why we tell you have to speak with your pediatrician or you speak with your physician is that if you have a type of reaction where you start having difficulty breathing, mm-hmm. your heart is beating so fast, uh, you break out again in, in bad hives, you become dizzy or something like that. We call that anaphylactic shock okay. uh, or anaphylactic reaction. And um, that's just to eggs. So if you do have that kind of reaction to eggs, we recommend you're still safe to get it, but we do recommend that uh, you take the vaccine in a supervised setting, like in a, in a clinic or a hospital or something like that. Or the physician is very alert and has the equipment to help you right away. Sure. Do vaccines cause autism? I feel like that's a question that's kind of circulating yeah. media right now, mm-hmm. and, and it has been for a while. Yeah. Uh, autism uh, and vaccines have been a big question in the community. Uh, it's all because of some research back, I think, I believe the 70s or so, but and the, the guy was found to be in, uh, not credible and mm-hmm. the research was uh, deleted. But basically, there's no evidence. And they have multi- they uh, followed kids throughout again and they, multi- they did multiple studies as well. And they found no evidence connecting uh, the vaccines to autism. So I tell, all, I tell all the parents, I tell all my parents that, you know, vaccines do not cause any autism. It's, it's a very excellent question to ask. That mm-hmm. means the parents are very involved in the care. Absolutely. And I do encourage that. Uh, but, yeah, again, there's no evidence to show that vaccines cause autism. Okay. So what should parents expect after an immunization visit with their child? So that's when, you know, some, sometimes children can get like two or three pokes, uh, especially also at when he's uh, one year, when the child's one year of age. That's when you get the live vaccines, which mm-hmm. can be a little bit stronger reaction. Obviously, now we've all seen some people react to the second dose of the COVID vaccine or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I tell the parents, you know, to if the if the child's very achy and the site where the uh, vaccine shot was given, you know, hurt him him or something like that, they can give try like cool remedies like just a wet cloth and just cool the area down. Okay. If the child is very fussy and starts to become, and hydration is the number one key. Usually after vaccinations, the parents may not realize it, but the child is not drinking as much. Mm-hmm. So staying on top of hydration can alleviate a lot of those symptoms. Okay. Uh, and then uh, if the child is very fussy, again, they can measure the temperature. If they found his fever, which is 100.4 or greater, mm-hmm. they can try um, a dose of Tylenol or or ibuprofen okay but again under they have to let the pediatrician know and again we recommend against uh, aspirin uh, for babies who uh, for vaccinations but we usually re- uh, recommend Tylenol or ibuprofen only if they're f- so fussy and they take the temperature and it's 100.4 or greater gotcha okay well dr michael this has been great to get to know you a little bit and uh, are you currently accepting new patients Yes, we are accepting new patients at MedSouth in Dyersburg, so come on in and uh, schedule an appointment for your child. Perfect. And parents out there, if you're listening and you want to schedule an appointment to see Dr. Michael, he is going to be at 731-287-4500. Feel free to give that number a call. That is the MedSouth Clinic building, and they will put you on a schedule. So like I said, thanks so much for coming in today. This has been really great to get to know you and get get to learn about your life and your practice. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and I'm enjoying my time. 
Absolutely. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health.